Welcome to the podcast of the ISSM, the International Society for Sexual Medicine. This is your audio update on global topics of sexual medicine, discussed with the best experts that the field of human sexual health has to offer. This podcast is hosted by Shelly Varad, a certified sex therapist from Israel and a media sexologist. We hope you enjoy this episode of the ISSM podcast. to tell you all that we have a very, very special guest, which is the president of the ISSM, uh, the International Society for Sexual Medicine, Dr. Brooke Gerald, which is a urologist and a surgeon, and he specializes in male sexuality. I do. So thank you so much for joining us today, and we're going to talk about testosterone. Excellent. It's one of my favorite topics. So let's start and explain our listeners what is testosterone. I mean, we hear it a lot, but do we actually know what it is? I don't think so. Sure. Uh, testosterone is a hormone that is produced in the testicles in men, and uh, it's really important in terms of sexual interest, sexual drive. And almost everybody has seen ads on TV where they talk about, is your T level low? And they show usually grumpy old men who look like they're really tired, and they try and tell you, you should be on testosterone because it's going to change your whole life. Well, the truth is that as men get older, our testosterone levels naturally decline in the same way that men can't run up a set of stairs as quickly when they're 60 as they could when they're 30. It's normal that we would see a decline in testosterone levels as we all age. And it doesn't mean that there's any pathology or anything wrong. In most men, it's just a reflection of aging. So how would a man know when does he need to take more testosterone or when is it too low? So I had said that testosterone is really important for things like sexual interest and sexual drive. But the truth is testosterone has a whole host of other activities. It actually is important for bone density, muscle mass, as I said, sexual interest, sexual drive, and actually the amount of ejaculate you produce is directly testosterone related. So very often patients will come to me because they do feel like they don't have the energy that they used to have. They may be getting tired in the afternoon. Um, and the problem with making the diagnosis of testosterone is you really need to have two elements. You need to have some symptoms, erectile dysfunction, low energy, and you need to have a biochemical evidence, in other words, a blood test, that shows your levels are really low. Testosterone is really interesting. It's different than your weight or your height, which is very stable. Testosterone changes during the course of the day in every man. It's highest in the morning, typically between 8 and 10, and then it goes down during the course of the day. In the afternoon, there's a secondary little peak. And I say that because those of the people that are listening to this podcast, if they speak to their doctor, they need to know they need to be tested in the morning if they work during the day. Of course, people who have night shift jobs, then it's a bit of a shift in when their testosterone will be maximum. But for most people who work during the day, you need to measure it between 8 and 10 in the morning. And then your doctor will get your symptoms from you, understand exactly what you're complaining of, and do a biological test with a testosterone level. It's a simple blood test. And the great news is that that's something that typically is easily treated and very effectively managed. It's really interesting. The whole world of research related to testosterone has really exploded in the last 10 years. We now know that men who have diabetes, roughly 50% of them will have a problem with low testosterone. We also know that men who have low testosterone 
are actually much more likely to have cardiovascular disease and have things like a heart attack or a stroke. So the idea of replacing your testosterone isn't just that it's going to give you more energy, you'll be better in the bedroom, you'll have stronger muscles, stronger bones. It really can uh, be a very important finding and can be easily treated just with testosterone preparations. So how do they, how do you give them testosterone? I mean, through a sticker, is it a pill? That's right. There are multiple different ways in which we can deliver testosterone. Uh, testosterone can be, depending on the patient preference and exactly what the doctor thinks is the best route of delivery, it can be a pill. So there's oral delivery of testosterone, uh, recently just approved in the US. It's been available in many parts of the world for many years, oral testosterone. Historically, oral testosterone was thought to be dangerous and cause liver dysfunction, but those were the older preparations that were methylated and currently all available oral testosterones in the Western world are safe to take and effective. There's transdermal gels. So you can actually go with a little gel that you apply on your arms or upper body in the morning and it gets absorbed. There's uh, nasal testosterone, which is a small little bit of gel that you just squirt into your nose and it gets absorbed through your nasal passages. There's also injections, and there's long-acting pellets. The long-acting pellets can last for many, many weeks, and they require a small little procedure to be done, and that avoids the need to take medication on a daily basis. So how long usually is the treatment, or is it for lifelong, I mean, from the minute you start taking it? It's like high blood pressure or diabetes for most people, that once you've had the diagnosis, you're unlikely to recover from it, and you'll need lifelong treatment. There are certain conditions where people become ill from viruses and other conditions where they have an acute event and they have an acute low testosterone production. But for the vast majority of people, once you have the diagnosis, it means there's a problem with either the brain not sending the right signals to the testes or the testes not producing the testosterone in adequate amounts. And so in the same way that you take blood pressure medication or wear a pair of glasses, men who have low testosterone can get normal levels restored just with medication. Are there side effects to the testosterone or? Yeah, it's a very interesting question. You know, there's a lot of controversy around testosterone. And uh, for many years, in fact, when I first graduated from medicine 30 years ago now, uh, giving a man testosterone was sort of absolutely thought to be the wrong thing across the board uniformly. And we were worried about an increasing risk of cardiovascular disease, heart attacks, strokes. We were worried about prostate cancer. And now much of that has been dispelled quite easily. In fact, we know that, um, that giving a man who has low testosterone testosterone supplements and you follow them, uh, you will not increase their risk of prostate cancer. Uh, additionally, we now know that uh, the data says that you don't increase the risk of cardiovascular disease. In fact, you probably, to some extent, lower that risk of a man of having cardiovascular disease who has low testosterone. But the normal approach for most physicians would be that they would initially start an individual on testosterone supplementation, whether it's an injection or a pill or a transdermal gel, uh, and then follow them for a period of 6 to 12 weeks. Repeat the blood tests, speak to the patient to see if the symptoms are starting to get better. The one curious group of patients I see very often in my practice are men who see family doctors who start them on testosterone and they get referred on to me because they're refractory to testosterone treatment. In other words, the family doctor believes these are men who are not responding mm -hmm. to the testosterone. And that's typically because they simply don't give it enough time to work. 
We know that if you have low testosterone and your major symptom is lack of sexual interest or drive, that typically starts to respond somewhere between three and six months after you have your normal levels of testosterone, your bloodstream restored. Men who expect to have an improvement in bone density or muscle mass will take probably 12 to 18 months before we can have measurable improvements in their bone or muscle mass. And for most people, that makes sense. If I have low bone density because my testosterone is low, I know a week after I start my testosterone, my bones aren't going to be stronger. And it does, in fact, take 12 to 18 months. But for many people, they don't get the fact that, well, how come my interest in sex isn't better? How come my erections aren't better right away? And that also takes structural changes and typically three to six months. I was about to ask you if they come and expect, all right, where is my sexual desire that you promised me with testosterone? That's right. So you have to set expectations. You have to follow the patients. And what's really important is that you can restore the biological or biochemical deficiency very quickly. So within a week of starting the testosterone, you can measure their levels of now being normalized. But their symptoms will take many, many months, in most cases, to resolve. What's the youngest patient you ever need to uh, subscribe testosterone? It's an excellent question, and it's something that I really should have mentioned, that one of the issues with testosterone in young individuals who want to have a family is that it will stop the sperm production. Oh, wow. The same part of the brain, the pituitary, that sends the signal to the testicles to make testosterone also stimulates the testicles to make sperm. And so if you're getting exogenous or outside sources of testosterone, your body recognizes that and says, well, I don't need to stimulate the testicles to make any more testosterone. But it also believes that it has an impact on the stimulus from the brain to make sperm. So we always counsel men, young men, who are in the you know, age where they're looking at having a family, that testosterone is probably not the right drug for them. And we can give them other alternatives if their testosterone level is low. It is so interesting. I do have a few more minutes and I want to ask a last question. Now you're going to help me to let me know if I pronounce it correct. Is it a myth or is it truth, the endopause? Does it exist? And let's explain what is it for our listeners. So everybody, I think, listening probably knows about menopause, the time when a woman stops ovulating and she's no longer likely to have a child. Uh, the similar situation does not truly exist with men because men continue to make testosterone, men continue to make sperm all through their life until they pass away. But what does happen is a term that we call andropause or low testosterone of the aging male, and that's a syndrome that I sort of alluded to where it is normal for testosterone levels to decrease as men get older, and that's simply what it is. It's a gradual progressive loss of production of testosterone as opposed to in a woman where they'll have an absolute abrupt stop to their ovulations. Thank you so much for helping us understand more about testosterone and we'll probably see you soon in a different podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the ISSM. For more episodes, please visit our website www.issm.info